Hi everybody, welcome to the second Cosplay Shed podcast. Hi everybody and welcome to the second Cosplay Shed podcast. With me, Simon, your host. Your host. It's me, it's just me on my own in the shed. Hello! See, echo again. Anyway, welcome to the Cosplay Shed podcast. This is the second one. Um, to be honest, I didn't think there would be another one. But I've been in the shed this week. Not that much, uh, even less than normal. But I'm in today. Um, and I've been doing a lot of bits in here. I'm actually quite tired. Um, I've got, I've had some ideas today, and I didn't think I was going to put them in a podcast, but I'm going to. So, without any further ado, topics for today's podcast are uh, learning new tools, uh, turning your hobby into your job, and starting a new project. All of them a bit out of sequence, but these are the things that cross my mind while I've been doing my latest commission piece and making other things. So, without any further ado, let's crack on with this podcast. Okay, so uh, first of all we're going to talk about new tools, learning new tools, learning how to use them. Strange things have been occurring here at the Cobbs Play Shed. I've uh, been doing the usual looking on YouTube and avoiding the quagmire of rubbish that's on there at the moment. There's an overwhelming amount of things that have nothing of any interest to me. However, I'm sure they interest somebody. But whilst I was going through them, I saw, I've been trying to work out a way of actually buying a table saw that is inexpensive so I can cut foam really quickly and efficiently um, rather than using a trusty old box knife. And it occurred to me, I've got a Dremel multi-tool. Do Dremel make a table saw? And the answer is no, they don't. However, they do have something called a mini saw. So I've been testing out the mini saw, the Dremel mini saw, and I'm happy to say it's a bit of a joy to behold, and it's a fantastic piece of kit to use. Um, it's not going to revolutionise the way I make stuff, but certainly for large pieces of foam that need cutting down um, reasonably accurately before I go in with a knife and trim up things, put in uh, beveled edges on stuff, and um, go into a finer detail with uh, my cuts. This is a fantastic tool. This really is. So it got me thinking, I wonder if there are other ways of using it. And throughout the um, search that I did on YouTube, I ended up finding this rather interesting video about routing. And instead of cutting using a knife or a um, mini saw, use a router and to do this you'd need to make your pattern slightly bigger and then you cut into it with a route and a routing tool on the end of your Dremel or you can get the straight edge um, guide and circular guides for the Dremel um, they make one with a cut with a cutting tool a routing tool and you can actually cut and route out the foam and you just set it at a different height on the guide it's fascinating. So that's going to be my next thing. And obviously it's learning a whole new set of skills. And I was wondering, you know, am I the only person to start doing this sort of thing? Has anybody else actually routed their costumes in the UK? Do we, when you're making a new helmet or a mask or, you know, a new costume full stop, have you actually tried routing the edges? Because it gives such a beautiful finish on the edge. So that's 
what I've been thinking about. Also, I had to make a tool. Uh, on a side note, I've been doing some gardening before it's raining today. But um, <clears throat> I've been doing some gardening and uh, been weeding, taking loads of weeds out of the garden. And the tool that it came with was on the end of this pole and it was very unwieldy, not very handy. So I've unscrewed the blade that comes attached to it, unscrewed it, imagine it just to a piece of wood, um, rounded off the edges on the sharp piece of wood, and I've got a handy little handheld tool to do this stuff with now. Uh, it's far more efficient, far more easy to use. However, do you make your own tools? How many of you actually bother making your own tools? And with that, does that come, obviously there's a, a even though you're making your own tools is there a learning experience with that as well is there a way to even though you've made them yourself is there a way that you actually have to learn how to use the own tools that you've made obviously there is maybe i'm speaking completely you know stupidly and there's an obvious answer to all this but how many of you have actually sat there made your own tool and then realized hey i need to learn how to use this tool So after that abrupt ending, turning your hobby into your job is the second thing I'd like to talk about today. Um, this is a tricky one. In an ideal world I'd be making costumes and props and replicas and stuff like that for a living. I'd have my own YouTube channel that I'd take you along on the journey with and I'd like to encourage um, visits to different workshops and makers, make collaborations, take them to comic cons or um, horror cons or whatever and let people see these things but reality dictates that I can't do that. I have a family, wife to support, uh, well, to support a family to help and you know bring money in with, and, and you know my wife works as well so it's the sort of thing that in an ideal world, that's what I'd do. And I suppose it's the same for millions of creatives and makers out there, that that would be their only income. However, it isn't. So I've got a nine-to-five job, which allows me to be a little bit creative, but ultimately is a nine-to-five job. And it's incredibly boring. It's an incredibly dull job. Uh, I won't say what it is. Those of you who know me know what I do. But um, it's a lot of physical work involved in it which I'm not the most physical of people even though I'm a huge person I'm not that much strong and physically adept as I used to be in my youth god I sound ancient but it has occurred to me how do they do it is it sheer perseverance I saw a post on uh, Facebook today from a maker who has gone and made his entire um, business take off and it's taking I think over a million dollars for the first time this year and he puts it down to or they put it down to sheer perseverance and I was wondering is that something that will pay off if we make them because we're going to make the mistakes and they admit they freely admit they made mistakes along the way but I can I do that? Is that something I can do? Because I'd love to make this my living. I'd love to make this my job. I haven't won the lottery yet. Get behind me in the queue. And I'd love to do this. But, you know, a friend of mine sent me a 
t uh, message last night saying I should work in theatres, making sets and making props and build, you know, building sets, making props, that sort of thing. And I said I would if I could, but uh, the part of the country I live in doesn't, you know. Number one, we're in this ridiculous pandemic at the moment, and number two, it looks like the arts still, even though they're going to get a boost from the government and the Chancellor the simple state of affairs at the moment is that the arts are suffering badly very badly and they aren't ready to open, reopen and you know have people come in to see shows and everything so there's no, there's no real answer to that I can't, I'd love to do it but I can't the world isn't in a place right now for me to leave my job and move somewhere else and I wouldn't go from this I wouldn't leave this job at the moment anyway because I've been there for two years and I've got the protection of being in a job for two years and, I've, and the workers rights that I have with that so there's no way that I'd actually uh, leave that to take a risk working somewhere where the industry is suffering and there may well be a second wave, third wave, however many other waves of this uh, pandemic. So, I mean, Christ almighty, they said there's a bubonic plague in China. Bubonic plague! Can you believe it? Anyway, so yeah, bubonic plague is back in China. Um, so, yeah, I think that to make this hobby my job, my full-time job, would be a dream come true but the reality of it is that it'll never happen but I could get a job when things get better that's much closer to doing this sort of work for my main job on a 9 to 5 basis you know so many months of the year or whatever and hopefully it's well paid enough that I can do it I know it's not well paid it's not a well paid industry being in set and production uh, set and theatre production and design and stuff like that but it would be good to be able to do something nearer those things that I enjoy doing the most so um yeah it's a strange one isn't it I you know we all hate the 9 to 5 and it's, I've been making, it's been in my blood since, uh, from very, very early age. And I'd really, really like to make this my full-time work. But at the age of 45, it's becoming further and further and further away a reality to, yeah, it's becoming more of a dream than reality. Far and far away. Unobtainable. What do you think? Am I wrong? Am I right? Am I rambling? I'm probably rambling. Yeah, probably. Am I rambling? Yeah, maybe. Anyway, tell us what you think. Let me know what you think. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Hit me up at cosplayshed at gmail.com. Finally, number three, starting a new project. Oh, procrastination, my friend. 
how many of you can put your hands up in the air and say, yeah, I'm really excited to get on with a project, and you've done all your sketch work and your preliminary stuff, and then suddenly you hit a wall. And as much as you want to get on with the project, you can't, purely because you're hitting this, this, this brick wall, this block, this void, where you know what you need to do, you know how to get on with it, but you're just sitting there wondering how do I go about starting this almost scared yeah it's like being it's kind of like a fear a fear of getting started um again I'm I know I'm not the only person to do this and also there's with the with the fear of getting started once you're underway and it's a, like I'm finding at the moment and I'm I'm getting on with stuff uh, with my latest commission piece I'm hitting snags that mean that the production of the work is having to go around the houses and so the work never seems to be getting done I don't feel like I'm making any progress on it so the progress that I am making feels very laboured and again in my head I'm thinking there must be a way around this there must be not a shortcut but there must be a cleaner way of working um, and I, find, I suppose that the real bugbear is that once you do get underway it's knowing when you're making those mistakes and knowing to stop and to reflect on what you're doing I could quite happily lock myself away in here getting started on a new project for a couple of days and then by the end of it I'd walk away from it come back the next day like day three day four and I'd realised I made a huge mistake right at the start. And it's even though I'm following patterns that I've drawn or, and use computers to measure and, you know, as you do, or used Evil Ted Smith's uh, pattern for a helmet, and you realise you've totally read it wrong, you've totally followed the thing wrong. So it's knowing to stop and saying, okay, hold it, need to start again. And it's that starting a new project thing again. Starting over, starting over. It's excruciating. I find it really hard. I don't tend to get it very often, but when I do, like I've encountered with this build, when I when like when I do, it is really painful. And I've sat for a couple of days not quite knowing how to continue the start of a project as opposed to being midway through it and having a block needing to walk away and come back to it so yeah what do you do when you have these uh, blocks what do you do what's your process for starting on a new project are there uh, new projects that you just don't want to start I've got a list of things I want to build and make and I'd happily do all of them but I know the second I approach one or two or three of them, I'll be, uh, I'll be, oh god, I've got to do this. I've got to make that. I've got to make Green Lantern's power battery. Oh god. You know what's the answer? Is it a personality thing? Is it being negative about a project, or I don't know. Is it being negative about a project and moving into it and thinking, hey, I can do this, and having that moment of clarity and realisation that you can turn it around I don't know, what do you think?
Okay then, as I'll do at the end of all of these podcasts, a uh, quick wrap up. So, uh, recommendations, um, YouTube wise, Odin makes, never ceases to amaze. Um, Odin Abbott's work is brilliant, it's fresh, it's funny, it's reverent humour. Um, highly recommend Odin makes on YouTube. Fantastic back catalogue of makes as well. Um... Being, my favourite being, of course, Odin Lakes. But anybody who's seen that will get the reference, but if not, it's one to watch out for. Um, another one on YouTube, there's a series that Josh Gad is doing um, called Reunited Apart. I've seen the Goonies one, I've seen Lord of the Rings one, oh, I've seen the Back to the Future one. There's a new one out, which is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where he reunites the cast some 20 or so years later to see... How they're all doing, and what's happening, and how they're coping in these times, um, being under lockdown. So yeah, reunited apart. Even if you can't stand Josh Gad, it's worth it. And um, finally, Click Spring. Now I came to this via the Tested uh, YouTube channel. Uh, Click Spring. They make this. I don't know who they are, but they make the most beautiful handcrafted tools, uh, machine parts, machinery. Um, devices it's just incredible it's ASMR for the eyes um, I've even even my wife has suddenly started watching it and we're transfixed by it it is beautiful um, camera work and beautiful um, just a beautiful beautiful YouTube channel every episode's a bit of a visual treat and you just sit there watching it transfixed to these videos. I won't spoil it for you, but please look at them. They've got you think, oh, that's boring. I'm not going to watch that. You are transfixed to every single episode. So it's amazing. Other than that, uh, films Alita Battle Angel, I've been re watching again. And uh, incredible Weta Workshop blending. Mixtures of real life CG, um, it's beautiful. You know, years ago it'd be mapped artists, mapped paintings, but it's digital map paintings now. Um, there's practical effects galore. Um, it's just a fantastic story. It's running along the lines of the manga cartoon, and before that, the book of uh, Battle Angel Alita. It's a good film. It's, it's beautiful. They've done a uh, Rod Roberto Rodriguez is the director. It is a really. It's got a great, uh, great cast, and it is well worth watching again if you've already watched it. Other than that, something like Super. Go back and watch Rain Wilson uh, in the film called Super with Kevin Bacon uh, as the bad guy. It is. Rude, irreverent, funny, a um, little bit gory, um, well worth watching. As for podcasts, first up, Fake Doctors, Real Friends, Season 2, Zach Braff and Donald Faison. Watch it, uh, sorry, listen to it, it's amazing. Um, I'm going to give a big shout out to Denzel uh, and his sister on the Twin podcast. Please, please, please listen to the Twin Podcast, available for all good podcasters, podcast stockists. Um, this latest one's talking P for privacy, online privacy. 
really interesting and not a not a mention of a VPN anywhere so it's quite refreshing as opposed to all those adverts and stuff you see online hey get your VPN it's just talking about this stuff so it's worth it uh, other than that the infamous in infinite monkey cage Professor Brian Cox again I've mentioned it in the last one and Robin Ince um, please watch it's very uh, please listen it's very funny and the other funny one, which is very rude and very adult, which is a shagged, married and annoyed. It's obviously won every award under the sun. Um, it's Chris and Rosie Ramsey. It's very grown up, very rude. One not to play loud in your shed in the garden with the neighbours and their elderly grandparents next door. Yeah, need to remember that one for next time. And uh, other than that, that's it. So thank you for listening to this podcast. Hopefully it's not been too long. Hopefully you're not too bored of the sound of my voice. And hopefully you'll come back as and when I do a third. I'd like to thank Anchor uh, for publishing this uh, podcast for me and getting this up and out there. Um, And apart from that, no, thank you for listening. Uh, Please hit me up on thecosplayshed at gmail.com or contact me via the Cosplay Shed on Facebook, the Cosplay Shed on Instagram or the Cosplay Shed on Twitter. Thanks for listening. Speak to you again soon. Look after each other and stay safe. Bye. (laughs)